Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome, everyone, to You Are Okay, powered by Blog Talk Radio. My name is Bob, and I have two co-hosts this morning. Mara, good morning. Good how morning. are you? Good morning. I'm good, thank you. And Brian, how good are morning. you? I'm fantastic, Bob. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. Oh, so this, this week our topic is, so I really screwed up. What's next? It'll be an exciting topic. It's something I'm sure we've all done. So yes. should be fun. What a wonderful song to bring us into a moment of pulling us into the moment. This song can really do help, really pulls me into the moment. I know. Uh, I love this particular song. I, I play it at the start of every show, but um, the thing about it is, first of all, no matter how loud it feels in your ear, and it feels especially loud when you're using a cell phone, I found out a couple weeks ago, the um, we can hear everything very well. So... So our words are fine uh, over it, even though it may not feel like that. But um, this this particular song has has a real importance to me because it's one of the three songs that that was played uh, that was sent to all of us by for free uh, when we fired the grid, which was just about three years ago. And uh, firing the grid is when. There was a time given to everyone all around the world for those who chose to participate. My time was at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I think, Bob, you'll recall, I told you I did it with Jonathan, my grandson. And so we got up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and someone else's time, you know, because it was based on your time zone. And we all got up at the same time, and for the one hour, we all sat there together. And it was beautiful sitting there with a 13-year-old boy um, meditating and praying for world peace and for love, to ignite the grid of love and let go of the anti-Christ, the anti-love feelings that are so predominant in our our world, Um, a world that is more willing to embrace depression, a depression, a recession, than it is to embrace abundance for everyone. Very different world. And um, so... This song I play to remind me of that, uh, and, and I love it, and it does bring me into the moment very much so, and I'm glad it does you too. It's wonderful you're here, Bob. I was worried. I hadn't heard from you. Micah was wonderful last week. Yay, Micah. Thank you. We yeah. loved it. Patty was able to step in and help out in my absence, and busy. So this morning I was trying to get a little project done, and uh, I noticed it wasn't right, and <laughs> you know, Bob. For um, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Bob? Yeah, you know what? It's like I don't know why the phone you ring, you you have cuts out. Are you guys hearing that with me too? Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. So um, better. I. I yeah, that is better. It happened a few times last week with Micah. What's interesting is I thought it was the music, but it didn't happen uh, when we did the centering exercise, which was at the end of our program last week. So uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys have a, a wire loose on your phone. Oh, there's probably quite a few of them loose on these phones. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed mine wasn't put together properly yesterday, so I thought, whoa, how did this happen? It must have been dropped, so that can happen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. So, Bob, what have you been doing this week? You were finishing a project, you said? Oh, I was, um, past week I've been in a conference, so, and then, no, I was just doing a project for work this morning that I needed to get done for someone and noticed some numbers didn't look right and was trying to figure out what went wrong, so I was deep into that, and then I realized, oh, I need to run. (laughs) Well, we're glad you did. 
And, and Brian, I asked you earlier um, I, what you had done this week, and you had gone to Baker. Tell me again where Baker is. I'm sorry, my mind is just, I think I need to take more ginkgo biloba. <laughs> you know? Ginkgo, um, <laughs> Baker <laughs> would be, uh, <laughs> would be uh, from where I live in Southern California, uh, straight up the 15 freeway heading towards Las Vegas. Okay. And it's a town uh, that's still inside of California, uh, probably uh, 60 miles from the border from uh, California, borderline to Nevada. Okay. All right. Are we doing anything special there? Do you have family there? <clears throat> that's where I work. I, I'm a T-shirt salesman, and that's where some of my accounts are. Ah, okay. So it's just part of your territory. Yes. So we've... Um, Excuse me. I'm so sorry. I have major congestion today. Uh, do you, you know what? I the part of my job that I used to love, that I love, that I don't have anymore, is I used to have to drive a lot, and so I'm I'm somewhat envious of anyone who drives. I really feel that had I been born at a different time, um, you know, more now as opposed to when I was born, I really very well could have been a big rig driver. I, I love driving, uh, and it just is such a, a calming thing for me. It's it's really almost a spiritual experience because I can just see, you know, God in the trees. I see them, the glistening light, and that's all thanks to the Celestine prophecy. What about you, Brian? Do you like to drive? I do. <clears throat> I I Good. do enjoy driving. It's very uh, very centering. Um, it is. You know, when you're out there. When you're out there driving long distances and there's not a lot of traffic around, you don't have to worry about, you know, like driving inside of a big city like L.A. or something, that I don't particularly like. But especially when you can drive long distances without hitting the brake pedal and putting on some music or whatnot and just kind of getting into a zone is something I do enjoy, yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I, if I'm by myself, I don't particularly like to ride at all. And if I drive, I, pre- I would prefer to be alone. <laughs> yeah. Because it is, a, except it, like going back and forth to work and commuting, that's, you know, a lot of traffic. But like Brian said, when you get on to, you know, you're going somewhere and you're out on the big open highway, that there is a lot of things to see and a lot of, uh, just a lot of time to be to be focused on the moment. You really don't. At least I don't go back to the past and think a lot about the past when I'm on the road. It's thinking about where I am in that moment and kind of like watching yourself on that. I don't have a GPS, but I've seen one before. And you mm-hmm. know, kind of like watching yourself go along that little route. Yeah, yeah. I rented a car to take my mom and dad. I think I, I'm not going to bore our listeners with the car story again. Um, but I had, it was back at Thanksgiving, we had a little nightmare. We were going to drive my mom and dad's car and didn't get to, and it had the GPS for the first time that I hadn't, so I'm like riding, and I'm thinking, this is wonderful. You never get lost. I mean, it's pretty clear there. But um, I like it, too. I will share with you and with our listeners something that I learned. Uh, And and let me say, I learned it because I I did, like Brian, I'm from California. I wasn't necessarily born here in California, but uh, I've lived here all of my life since I was 11 years old with some time to go to law school and to be in the war. My husband was in the war and things like that. So um, what I noticed was when I came back to California as a lawyer, I... It was was when I first began driving a lot. Prior to that, I learned to drive in Southern California because I worked at Disneyland, and I would have to drive to um, to Anaheim every day from my house, and I lived in Whittier, so we would drive there back and forth. It would be a 15-minute drive to work and a two-and-a-half to three-hour drive home every night. Just, mm. ex- just exhausting, you can imagine. And it was really getting used to that kind of you know, commute uh, that I, I think made it possible when I came back from Wisconsin, where I'm not going to say there are traffic jams in Wisconsin. I'm sure there are probably more now than there were, you know, when I went there 30 years ago. But um, I would uh, periodically have to go to San Francisco. And I'm a person who cuts everything to the very edge 
So I'm gonna I'm not gonna walk in late, but m- more likely than not, I'm gonna walk in right on time. And I suddenly realized that if you want to do that in San Francisco, you have to add an extra hour. Hmm. <laughs> you know, so I had taken completely the wrong plane. I was an hour, going to be an hour late. I was calling my assistant, asking her to call and tell them I was going to be late. And as I was sitting there, realizing the helplessness of the moment, there are two things that I did. One was I asked God to still time so that I could get there as quickly as to being on time as possible and not really have it be what the taxi driver said an hour. And the second thing was that I started sending prayers to the people around me because we were just dead stopped, <laughs> you know. And and so I would just send a prayer to this person and that person just looking around me, you know, I guess that's freeway gazing, I'm not sure. And I've kind of combined those two things in my life together. I'm seldom late for anything because I always ask God to still time. Talk about egocentric folks. Call in and tell me what an egocentric person I am, that I believe I'm important enough that God would either speed me up a little or slow down time a bit. But I get there on time. And that first time I was only 15 minutes late instead of an hour. It's just suddenly he made a turn, and the next thing you know, we were there. It was amazing. The other thing is it just feels good to send good wishes to people instead of wanting to shoot them with guns. It's not their fault they're in that traffic jam, you know. And so those are the two things I find when I'm in dense traffic help me. Interesting. I know know for me... I've always had uh, that kind of complex of um, Jekyll and Hyde when it comes to a vehicle. And, I mean, I, I remember this one time I was heading out to Magic Mountain with a bunch of friends, and I was just driving along on the, on the, on the freeway heading out there, and I guess I wasn't paying attention. I was in the fast lane going at good speed, and then all of a sudden it was like on our exit was the next exit over, and I've... I was only like a half a mile before the exit in the fast lane. And it's like all of a sudden just all lanes opened up and I was able to go straight from the fast lane all the way off the freeway in a half a half a mile span. And it was just amazing. And that's just kind of, the, I'm telling you that because that's kind of to show you kind of how I was driving. always like just want, when I got in the car, it was we're here now. We're going to get there as quick as we can and be there. That was kind of my mentality. And so for me, it's been kind of a little struggle or a learning process to learn to relax in a vehicle. And so what I do now, when I find myself feeling agitated or wanting to be anywhere but where I'm at, I'll just, um, if, it's, if it's safe enough, close my eyes. If not, just at least take a deep breath and say, I'm here now and there's no better place I know. And yes. doing that for myself just allows me to start enjoying the moment right where I'm at, even in the midst of going nowhere traffic. Yeah, I guess that's, I think I'm sharing that with you because that's why I send the prayers, you know. It's like, okay, what can I do, you know. can't. I'm certainly not going to become the facts in my passenger seat generation. That's a scary thought to see people there, you know, faxing. And one time I did uh, prepare, I've, I've only had one text message with our friend uh, MJ, so I, but I did have... Um, I did prepare one of those emails on my little handheld once. That took the entire traffic jam. I couldn't believe it to get a four-word email. I must not be meant for that stuff. So I think praying's better. <laughs> I think praying. Terrible better. about us- using the phone, either co- talking to someone if I'm in traffic or doing my email or text messaging, and it passes the time away and I don't get angry because I tend to I do I tend to be the road rager. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like acceptance. You know what? I almost wrote that down there uh, when I was writing about this yesterday, about living in perfect lives, loved by God, just as you are. I almost wrote acceptance. It's like, you know, <clears throat> everything. It's, it's, not, it's not babbling something that's done, which we all have done. Don't get me wrong. You know, but instead just saying, okay, that may have been who I was yesterday, but that's not who I'm going to be today. 
you know, I mean, it, to me, there's such revelation in that. And, uh, you know, the same thing, you know, it's like, oh, I'd rather do something than be angry. I'm not going to be angry, you know. It, it just serves no purpose. Uh, I, I'm really more and more coming to that place that um, to steal Neil Donna, no, excuse me, Don Miguel Reese's idea, you know, I choose peace over being right. And uh, I accept myself. But I agree. I think it's acceptance. It really is. Yeah, I yeah. have lately noticed that I try that you know I do something to distract myself rather than get angry and think you know. Um, <coughs> I don't know if I mentioned you know Micah had gotten his, the keys locked out of his car and I was walking into a meeting at the time that he was calling me, so I didn't get the call. By the time I got out of the meeting and called him back, you know, it, to make a long story short, five hours had passed and he was at a on his way to, uh, on a six-hour, seven-hour drive, he was about halfway there in five hours of waiting for someone to come open up the door. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in me, I know, I, I don't know how he did it. And you ask him, you know, what, so how did that make you feel? And he's like, it was just God telling me I needed to slow down and and just enjoy life and live in the moment right now and walk around and enjoy nature and learn patience. Yeah. yeah. I think I would have probably broken the car window. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's so true. I I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, when we're in a situation, so many times our human desires fight that situation. We don't want it to be that way. But the reality is that uh, it is. (laughs) You know, it is. I said. Haven't you ever by later and see that there's a wreck, and you have thought, you know, if I would have been going faster, or if I would have been had left five minutes earlier, or I would have X Y Z, that would have been me in the wreck instead. Yeah. So I always kind of look at it that way too. When when there's a big traffic jam like that, is you don't know, you, you know, you don't know why there's the traffic jam, but it could have been you. Yes. Yes, or you hear the stories of the people who were going to get on the airplane and didn't get on the airplane. And and we so many times fight God telling us, and and by the way, successfully is my opinion. I'm interested in each of your ideas. But we successfully fight um, the instant, the now that God has given us by uh, refusing to give in. Uh, I don't know if this, being female, I, I don't know what it's like to be male. I have no idea. I've read all the books. It doesn't tell me a word. I mean, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to tell you, being female, a relationship is not over till I'm ready for it to be over. It doesn't matter God's made it over. You know, it does not matter. And I'm using that as my example. There's probably a million other things out there. But if I want something, although not so much anymore, but when I was young, if I wanted something, I hung on to it like a dog with a bone. You know, and everything around me would be telling me that that this is done. Let it go. God would be like shaking me around to the point where I was bruised and battered, and I would still, it, and I just couldn't. I was tenacious. That human desire to control was so gigantic, and I had in my mind how it was all going to work out. Unfortunately, uh, or, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I won the moment. I wrestled and got what I thought I wanted, only to find that I didn't. And if I would have just paused and allowed what God was saying to me to take hold, I would have come to this place of peace I currently live much earlier, much faster. I read um so what do you guys think? Do you, do men ever try to wrestle um, control? <laughs> I think that's. <laughs> I think that that's funny. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Feelings with I think men. That's the mo of males. Yeah. What What would you think that answer is? Have you know, having worked in a at a time when you were in a predominantly male a career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we yeah, all. I would. Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Probably where yeah, we I, screw up the most, actually. Mhm. 
Yeah, I read this on um, a site, and I I wanted to share it with you all because it kind of goes to that. It's um, it's a description of the way Adam Smith imagined the universe operates, and and I read it of all places on Rudy's site. I'm hoping that that means that um, that he's happy. Um, there is a benevolent deity who administers the world in such a way as to maximize human happiness. In order to do this, he has created humans with a nature that leads them to act in a certain way. The world as we know it is perfect, is pretty much perfect, and everyone is about equally happy. In particular, the rich are no happier than the poor. Although this means we should all be happy with our lot in life, our nature, which remember was created by God for the purpose of maximizing happiness, leads us to think that we would be happier if we were wealthier. This is a good thing because it leads us to struggle to become wealthier, thus increasing the sum total of human happiness via the mechanism of exchange and division of labor. Very economic thought of it. (laughs) I thought that that was interesting, that it goes to that whole idea. (coughs) Excuse me. Of um, us all really probably fundamentally having in front of us, which is what we've been talking about, the ability to be happy if we just choose to embrace it. Yes. And so often we resist it. Sometimes we we struggle with that wanting everything to be perfect, whereas if we would just accept it the way that it is right now, and knowing that that we can we can will it to change, we can send out pop. I think what we do is we send out so much negative energy when we're struggling with something rather than putting out the positive energy that the negative energy just keeps coming back and blocks us from having blocks us from succeeding at being I successful. We, I think we do block ourselves. I, I agree. I think that we do block ourselves and don't allow God to have more control in our lives and and to be more accepting of life as it is. That doesn't mean being, uh, um, what is that, a floor mat? That's not what it means, you know, uh, where people can just walk on you. But it does mean just, you know, for me, I'm going to be frank, though, more and more, I just don't care about all this rage that people have inside of them. I I just don't care to become a part of it. Oh, sorry. Let me turn that off. That's my phone. Surprised me. <laughs> Surprised me for sure. But uh, you know, I, I just don't care to become a part of it at all. It's not how I want to be or who I want to be. And um, I don't know. It, it, it's all very interesting to me. The the impediments we all put in the way of just being content. You know, it it becomes this. Yeah, but if I do this and if I do this. And if I do this, and the reality is, you know, folks, we are who we are, you know. And um, if we keep putting it off till tomorrow, feeling content and happy, then most of your life's going to go by. Because I think that's the human condition, is to not feel content, to strive for something more, something different, if not more different. Any thoughts? Well, I just was um, really keyed in on what Bob shared earlier when he said um, that we're we're always looking to be, basically he said we're always looking to be successful and going on to the next venture and everything. And, you know, I've really realized inside myself that the most, the way I can be successful is to be content and happy in each and every moment. And if I can go through my life in each moment in that way, then I'm successful. And because to, to me, that's all we really inherently want. Yes, we say we want, you know, a wonderful home and a, and a car, but a lot of those times those ideas are attached to what we perceive happiness to be. But if we just allow ourselves to be happy right here and now, then we'll find ourselves actually being quite content with what it is that we have now. Because as we know, now is all we're given right now. And yeah. so when we're trying to project that into the future, we're taking away from the now. And let's say we're only experiencing 10% of the now because we filled it up with ideas of what 
our future now should look like. And so to me, success is to be peaceful and content in each moment. And then from there, things just fall into place around me. And that is something that I'm, and I think that goes really well with our topic today, because when we find ourselves not at peace, or we find ourselves saying or doing something that doesn't um, make us peaceful or happy, we don't need to beat ourselves up over it and say, wow, how stupid was I, or whatever it is. You know, I realize the moment that we are into our awareness comes the idea that we're acting against the way we wish to act, then we've already learned our lesson, if you will. We've already figured out that we're not doing what we don't want to, what we want to do. And so you don't have to beat yourself up and say, why did I act so stupidly? You can say, wow, okay, great. Now I see that I don't want to do those things anymore. You've already learned because you see it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we we let ourselves off the hook with a lot more ease throughout our days, then we would move forward much easier and much more fluently. Yes, yes. Because we are oftentimes, I think, uh, I don't know if this is overall, but I guess at least for me and most people that I know, that we are our biggest judge. Yes. Of of whether we screwed up or not, too, is that you know it may not it we I judge myself much harder and put myself on a much higher um, expectation level than most people would put me at. I think, and I think that most people are that way. Maybe not. It's a good question. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, call in. You know what? I, I was going to um, I was going to have every, I I was going to say rather than every anyone who has not screwed up in their life calling in. I was going to ask everyone who has screwed up to call in. Um, our number is 646-595-3584. Uh, because I will tell you, I can't speak for the other two, but for myself, I have not lived some uh, angel-perfect life. I'm blessed because I've always had heightened six senses, and so I knew God loved me. I've known that always. I've known that when I've smoked pot. I've known that when I had premarital sex. I've known that when I've made bad financial decisions. In fact, it was always kind of a saving grace. Well, okay, this is over now. Uh, You know what? Uh, I just have always known that the next day, the next minute was a new beginning. And that's a blessing I was born with. And yet I used to think everyone was like me, that everyone understood that you don't have to cling to the past. And I've come to know that isn't so. The amount of time, think about it, my friends, how much time do you spend talking about something that is so long far gone? <laughs> uh, I just laughed. Mm-hmm. did that a lot this week. So. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> you know, when I talk about those things, they don't make me happy. I don't like it anymore when people want to talk about my childhood and what happened to me and didn't happen to me. And I don't want to talk about it because I want to be me. I wouldn't be me, the person who's sitting here right now talking to you, if I hadn't survived incest, if I hadn't grown up poor, if I hadn't had the things that happened. For God's sakes, if when I was four years old I hadn't stolen a piece of candy, I wouldn't be me. Now, why do I remember all that stuff? That I wonder about. Why? I mean, I kind of have a running chronologue, like I thought that you had to have a journal in your mind. But you don't. God doesn't care about those things anymore at all. But accepting that you wouldn't be who you are if you hadn't experienced all you've experienced. And and who you are right now is what matters because you get to redefine it. The dollar yeah, there was a... Quote that I was going to share that it's an anonymous quote, but it's what you need to know about the past is that no matter what has happened, it has all worked together to bring you to this very moment. And this is the moment you can choose to make everything new right now. And it, it's just, it's exactly what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I like that quote. It's, it's yeah. made us, made you who you are and, you know, stop. It, it, I guess I kind of saw, as you were saying that, all these little bitty pieces of things, like maybe like neutrons, electrons, whatever, that make up a person, and that's part of your 
spiritual and, and mental makeup, there are all these little things put together, and it's not, there's no sense in dwelling on one of those, because it's the sum total of all of those little things that make you who you are. And by sitting there thinking, is this what made me this way, and is that what made me that way, it, it, it is almost senseless, because it's really the true... Uh, collectiveness of all of those events that make you who you are. Does that make sense? I'm not sure. It does. It does. It does. I mean, really, the question, do you want to have peace or be right, could just as easily be asked, do you want to be a survivor or a victim? You know, and we all want to be survivors. And the reality is, somebody said to me the other day, well, that sounds really good, but... Oh, I told her the end all will be well, and I said, because all is well. Uh, for our listeners, I'm sorry, I was having a private conversation with Bob for a second there, I forgot. Um, there's this wonderful Georgian quote or chant that goes, and all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. Now, it was written 2,000 years ago, and maybe they said shall be well, but it doesn't matter. It's when you say that three times, suddenly you feel like you've got better control isn't that amazing that I use that word? But that's true. We do have control over our choices. Whether we choose to be at peace, we choose to consider ourselves survivors, whether we choose to accept that we've made a mistake but we're still loved by God. Those are choices we have control over. For ourselves, not others. Most of us get tangled up when we try to control others. And we define our success based on what others are doing. We, we don't have any control over them. But anyway, and all will be well, and you say it three times, and all will be well, and all manner of things will, and all manner of things will be well, which means everything. Everything will be well. And I was telling this to a friend, and she says, well, I'm not sure, manner, what does that mean? I says, that means everything. She says, well, that's a little much. And I says, is it? I says, look at, we're standing here, right, we're sitting here right now talking about this. Everything is, we've survived everything. She says, oh my God, you're right. My friends, we've survived everything. I have no doubt that the three people who are on this show and every listener who's listening right now are divinely at the right moment in time because not one of us is perfect. I don't need someone who's lived a perfect life, a cloistered life, who can talk in terms of, of judgments, and somehow if I don't rise up to be the perfect person he is or she is, I'm not loved by God. You are loved by God just the way you are, no matter what you have done. Whether you're a serial killer or a serial liar, Brian, what are you thinking? Oh, I'm thinking of so many jokes. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We can have jokes. <laughs> I was going to say, you mean this isn't the show for perfection? I guess I got the wrong <laughs> show. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I thought these were the perfect people. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, God. It's it's it really all just comes down to forgiveness and letting letting it go. It's just like you say, we have survived it. And like Bob was saying, is that all these experiences that we had in life give us indicators, if you will, that say, look, that's not what you are anymore, no, nor what you wanted to be in the first place. Again, like going back what I was saying earlier, is that the second you can look back and look back upon your experiences and say wow, I screwed up here and I screwed up there and, you know, all the different things we can look at and, and beat ourselves up over. Instead of we look at them and say, now I know through my experience that I don't want to do that anymore and so therefore I'm not going to do that anymore, we can see that although we made many mistakes in our life, we've actually grown from each and every one of them and we are not prone to do that anymore now that we have done it and we have survived it. And so instead of beating ourselves up and stunting our growth, if you will, by trying to hold on to the past, if we'd let the past go, like if we think of it like a shoe, when we're growing up, we grow out of our shoes. But if we try to walk around in a size, one size smaller than what we're at right now, 
because for some reason we feel like we haven't outgrown that shoe yet, we're going to live an uncomfortable life and we're going to be in pain as we walk around. And that's a wonderful example of what it is we're doing. We're trying to fit into an old shoe when we're stuck in that way of thinking and being upset and not forgiving. So forgiving is letting the shoe go and accepting your new shoe, a shoe that is a little bit bigger than your foot so you can grow into it. And then we have room to grow as we look forward to growing into the shoe that, that is meant for us. And being a shoe person, I really identify with that. You're right. You know, I, I started chuckling to, twice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I, oh, wow. Well, Mara's big into <laughs> shoes. And then actually a couple weeks ago, I was at this, we were in San Diego. At, I was at another conference there. And over the weekend, Micah came out. And I had some new sandals that they that I had worn the day before, and I didn't want to go to the zoo in those sandals because they kind of hurt my feet. But so I asked Micah, could I borrow his tennis shoes? So I did. Well, they were about a size too small. Because <laughs> no, <ouch. laughs> so one of my feet is about a size bigger than the other one, which I think is normal for most people, but or at least maybe not a whole size, but one is bigger. So I... Um, had to kind of squish that foot in there, but it still was more comfortable than the brand new shoe. <laughs> yes. yes. Interesting. I, yeah, it is, and that's so too. That's a great, great analogy, Brian. It really yeah. is because you know you get blisters from shoes that don't fit properly, and it's not about price. You know, it's about fit. It truly is, and and how long you. You know, for instance, I wore new shoes yesterday to go shopping with my mother. And, oh, and that's a sad story. Folks, reach out and hug your moms. Uh, no matter how old or young your mom is, hug her. And, uh, you know, because as they get older, they um, it made me really sad. My mom only has my dad now to live. She always has only had my dad. But they live out in the country, and my dad sleeps most of the time. So she, like, confided to, in me yesterday that she's so lonely. And, and how how often for women in that generation, and even in my generation who didn't work, who their only companion is their spouse, and if their spouse grows in a different direction, then they have no one. So hug your moms, folks. Please hug your moms. But I wore a new pair of shoes, most beautiful shoes I've ever worn. First time I wore them, the most comfortable shoes, not made for trekking through every store in Chico, California. Oh, my gosh, you know, so, yeah, what a wonderful, wonderful statement. And I think back to the times that I've been unwilling to accept things as they were. I kept thinking if I could just change them, everything would work out the way I wanted. And I had to learn those lessons myself. And, oh, they hurt. They hurt so badly. And there's no magic answer. You just have to keep going through it. And you know, my friends, there's this wonderful, um, wonderful, I'm, that must be my word for the day. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is this quote I read, on, or the story I read on the Internet last year that really said something to me. It said that people are happier, because I think that's part of what we want to be is happier. When they don't talk about the screw-ups, they just let them go by. It's it's that, and that's kind of contrary to the modern, um, oh, I'm trying to think, uh, there's a whole psychological psychoanalysis theory out there, and I, I knew the name, and it's in my mind, and it's not, Gestalt theory. That's contrary to the Gestalt kind of concept that you have to look at everything and work everything out from the beginning up. And And when I thought about it, I happened to be in a, in a in a work situation where I didn't feel appreciated. Not my current job, a different. I was in a part of a law firm, and I was talking about how I didn't like it. Bob, you probably remember, and it was amazing because when I read that article, it must have been two years. I thought, wow, maybe I need to stop talking about this so much. Because it was keeping all of the hurt and the festering. It's like picking at a wound alive. 
It was amazing. I stopped walking around acting like I was um, the victim of a domineering uh, boss who was jealous of my extremely equal, I almost said superior, I probably was reflecting that, legal skills. Wow, huh? Ugly thoughts. Ugly thoughts that I was giving life to in my mind. I decided not only was I going to stop talking about it, I was going to stop thinking about it. And sure enough, when I started sending this person good wishes, every time his name came to my mind, instead of thinking, grrr, I thought, you know, I want him to have everything I want for myself. In about three days, I stopped thinking about him. I stopped focusing on him. My workplace changed. He just got nicer suddenly. Isn't that funny? Do you want to all laugh? <laughs> it's in me. I'm putting out that negative energy towards that person, and it, uh, maybe less of the negative side came back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it's all, it, maybe if we thought of ourselves, as Bob said, like, did you say microcosms? Was that the word, Bob? That that would make sense. That was kind of what I was trying to describe. You you pick you got the word now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we saw ourselves as microcosms and as what and and we're composed of all of our positive thoughts and all of our negative thoughts, and we're we're like projecting energy out there. If we're spending the majority of our time, char- you know, thinking negative thoughts, we're probably sending higher charges to that negative part of our being, and it's being reflected. Do you know, folks, when I left that job, they gave me, I've been there when lots of people had left. Never before was there a party. Never before were there gifts. Well, there may have been a party that was in our ante room, in our conference room. Never a restaurant party. Never gifts. Literally, I got beautiful gifts. You think maybe I just changed my attitudes and what I reflected to people? So I was a part of the negativity. Ooh, that's huge. I was a part of the negativity. And yet I'm okay because God loves me. And I had a chance to change that by believing I'm okay. And that's a a huge point you just brought up. Because the truth is, life doesn't just happen to you. You are fully participating in your life and whatever experiences you're in the middle of. And so there's only two questions that can be asked, and that is, do you want to be part of the problem or part of the solution? And like you've been mentioning, there was a 80s band, and late 90, or early 90s band called En Vogue, and they came out with a song called Free Your Mind, and the rest will follow. Yeah. And it really is. You're locked in your mind in all these negative patterns that you're sending out there. And so it's what you're getting back. It's what we could call the law of attraction. It's what you are projecting out there. And since you are fully participating in life, and life doesn't just happen to you unfairly or unjustifiably, you are fully involved in it and you play a part. And so the question is, what part do you want to play? Yes. Yes. How do you want to write the script? Right. When you take on that responsibility, then you start, like you said, you in a way you start taking control of your experience by projecting out there what it is that you want to experience more. So when you find yourself having negative thoughts and negative feelings, you can treat it like a pair of shoes that don't fit anymore and toss them out and go window shopping to find new shoes. My favorite experience, yes. I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> you, Brian, someday you'll have to come visit and see how many shoes I have. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, you're right. I love this. That is so great. Well, my friends, um, my two co-hosts here, too, we have 16 minutes left, which is about how long it takes the two of you to do centering exercises and then for us to um, to do our goodbyes. And so 
I'm, I'm going to put on Meditation Station, which is 15 minutes, 54 seconds. I'll turn it down to 9%. And um, Bob, we'll start with you. If you'd like to close us out with all of us joining together our energy for next week, realizing that no matter what we've done or what we, we will do, we are loved by God completely. There is nothing we need to do to be loved by God. We don't have to change who we are. And the real challenge in life is simply to reach out in love. Thank you. Thank I'm you. going to just say a, a short little prayer that I've going that I've adapted from Janelle Moon, How to Pray Without Being Religious. Thank you for my life. Thank you for all here with me. Thank you for my part in the whole. Life and all its tiny moments, thank you. There is everything here for me. Wonder, I notice and create. Thank you for life. I'm alive with spirit. Thank you, spirit, for my friend. Thank you for helping me feel love that's offered. Beauty all around. Season, each lovely. My heart, people in my life. Thanks and praise, life as it is. Many helped in ways I needed but could not see. Thank you. Thank you for the new growth outside my window. Thank you for the high boots and warm feet. I just think it's so important for everyone to remember to say thank you each day, even if it's just as you take a shower. Say thank you to the universe for all of the things that we have, for all the things that we will have and for everyone around us, whether they're friend or foe, be thankful that they're there to have given you that time to make you who you are today, no matter what the, how much you've screwed up. Remember to thank yourself for being truthful and honest with yourself and, and per- human enough to admit that, yes, I have made a mistake, I have screwed up, but also know- with that, knowing that it's okay. So let us sit calmly, let us take a few moments to take some deep breaths together, let's pull the air from the bottom of our feet as if we're pulling the air from down on the bottom of our soles of our feet and pull that air up through, feel the air cooling off your calves, cooling off your knees and your thighs. Feel it coming up through your guts. Feel it filling your lungs and fill fill those lungs with that cleansing oxygen. Fill them up till you can feel the air just coming up over your clavicles and up to the top of your head. Pulling in as much air as you can. And as you exhale, exhale all of the air. Just blow that air out and think peace, peace, peace and push all of the air out of your lungs, all of that stale oxygen that's been there. Push it all out, and let's take another deep breath in, and pull in that energy. As you pull in that energy, feel the light. Picture a light going up through the bottom of your spine there. Feel that light, feel it, the white, white light. Feel it getting clearer and clearer and whiter and whiter as you pull that up. Pretend that you're taking a needle that you've pulled up, pulling a needle through the top of your head that's pulling this white yarn or gauze that's just white light, and you're pulling it through, and as it pulls through, it's lining up your back, it's lining up the chakras of your body. You feel that white light just getting brighter and feeling yourself feel energized and ready to go and be at peace. Again, let's let all of that air out of our lungs. Push all the air out until you can hardly breathe. You'll feel like you're gasping for air, but that's good. You want to let all of that negative energy that has been accumulated inside your lungs, inside your soul this week as you've let out negative, said negative things, thought negative thoughts. Take that energy now and just blow that negativity out of you. Same time as you're blowing it out, feel the positive energy of the white light pulling up through the top bottom of your spine, up through your 
base chakra all the way up through your crown chakra at the top of your head. Feel that energy. Feel the wheels of energy that are around your body just spinning in total harmony. Feel the negativity just leaving your body and the positivity just filling you up, filling you up inside. And let's take one more deep breath together. And as you pull that breath in, say, all will be well, all will be well, all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. And as you exhale, again, letting all of the oxygen out of your lungs, as you exhale, say again, all will be well, all will be well, all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. And sit quietly for a moment and just relax, breathing in and breathing out, thinking happy thoughts. Feel as if you're a bird flying around. Beautiful day. And you're looking over the mountains or the ocean or the ocean and the mountains full of trees and life and nature, things that make you smile. There's a butterfly around. There's animals, bringing you, communing you more with nature, feeling the way that we should feel. Thank you, and Brian? Thank you for that bomb. That was fantastic. And it brought to mind... The, the second of the last part, portion of a poem that I wrote quite a while ago. And what we have done with Bob's help is we have chosen, we have consciously chosen to be at peace right now. And every time we make that choice, we are being free in this very moment. And the moment that you choose to allow yourself into peace and it is a conscious choice that you must make and when you do so we can say you are just being in this state we're in right now we are just being we are not having any worries we're not having any concerns we're just allowing ourselves into this moment and enjoying this moment for what it has and the Part of my poem that's coming to mind says, home is in my heart, and from there, it cannot part. It's like a work of art that I now impart. Unto this world, I now chart. I tell the simple truth, this game is but a lose, but I know we cannot lose. For this is only a playground to which we are not bound. You can simply choose to be, and all the fun you then will see. Life is simply what you make, and to that you cannot fake. All you have to do is wake from the dream. And when we are lost in unconscious negative thoughts that are just habitual. It's like we're asleep at the wheel. And the moment we consciously choose to center ourselves and allow ourselves to be at peace in this very moment, it's like waking up. And as we get centered, it's coming into our hearts, coming back to home. And then from there, we carry that with us out into the world, out into our experience. And it's like a beacon of light that others can see, as well as, as we're being that, having fun in life. And we carry fun with us. And one thing that has definitely come to my mind in the past week is this saying that I have now, which is, how can you expect to be enlightened if you don't lighten up. And we, when we find ourselves 
in heavy negative vibrations and negative energies and we feel just tired and worn down by all that, we need to be at peace. We need to become light. To be to lighten up is literally an essential part of enlightenment. So every time you choose to allow yourself to be at peace, when you find yourself not at peace, it's, it's building a habit of peace. Do you want to be a, a habitual, peaceful person? I, mean, I know I do. And it's a conscious choice that we have to make. And with the last few minutes remaining of this show, let us spend a little more time in this place of peace that we can become more familiar with it. And again, the more time we spend here, the easier it will be to come here. And then eventually, we will remain in peace all throughout our day. And that will truly be a heavenly experience. So let us bring our attention to the bridge of our nose. Just Notice, as you breathe in through your nose and out through your nose, just notice the feel and the sensation of the air passing through the bridge of your nose. Try not to think about the sensation. Just try to notice. And as you give your attention to that, you might feel your body, all around your body, becoming more relaxed. As you are expanding your awareness and just feeling your body, feeling the air enter your body and leave your body. And the more you give your attention to this, it builds. The feeling and the awareness builds and you're able to just be with this moment and have fun because peace is always fun. Peace is always freeing. You're allowing yourself to be free in this moment now. And this is all you need to do. This is all you need to choose throughout your day especially when you're not feeling at peace. And it will eventually become your natural state of being. So I encourage you all to take the time for yourself. Take the time for your peace as often as you can remember to do so. You're worth it. You are worth it. You are worth it. Absolutely. Each and every one of us is enough just as we are. And when we allow ourselves to become admired in the the peace dealer of the past or in our manipulations of the future, we lose track of the real peace giver in our lives. As we're closing out our show today, I would like each of you to reach out your dominant hand and hold the hand of God. God is there to go with you side by side, every step of the way. But God is only in the present because that's all that's real. So be real with God. Remember that in the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in his flame. Amid the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. Rabia the mystic, may peace be with each of you this week as you go forward. And when it's not, invite it back. Keep in mind where you left it. Remember to take three deep breaths. Remember to reach out your hand and hold on to the hand of God. 
he, she, Allah, Yahweh, is waiting. Bob? Thank you, everyone, for being with us today. We appreciate you being here and sharing your time with us, with our appointment with God, our appointment with love. Love is what we call God, Jesus, uh, Yahweh, Allah, Buddha, etc. The name that you call God, we call love. And we embrace all love. Remember this week to go out and be be compassionate. Be passionate, too, in being compassionate. And remember that being compassionate means doing something, not sitting and thinking about it. So have a great week, everyone, and thank you again. Brian? Thank you all for being here, Bob, Mara, all you listeners, and all those coming to listen in the archives. I just want to leave you with a reminder to invest in your peace. Spend time in a place of peace. You are worth it. And it's the greatest investment anyone could ever make in their life. And the payoff is immense. Namaste. 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 Thank you, gentlemen. Until next week, have a great week, okay? Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.